everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. And today, we are accepting a quest from a powerful and mysterious presence to review and discuss David Lowry's long-awaited film from A24. That's right. Today, we are going to be talking about The Green Knight. We're going to start with a little icebreaker question to give you a sense of who all we have around the table, what are their preferences and biases, before jumping into our spoiler-free review of The Green Knight, and then we'll close out the conversation by taking a look at the spoilers, ahoy, along with a little bit of analysis of the film. Without the proper company, this quest would be long, uncertain, and gloomy, much like the film we're going to talk about today. So joining me on the journey to make it a little less gloomy is first up, Sir Laron Chapman of House Black Magic Movie OKC. (laughs) Welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. When you say it like that, I mean, I'm really embracing my rebranding here. Yes, (laughs) it's great. It's great rebranding, Laron. Yeah, thanks for having me back. And also rejoining us today are, you could say they're they're kings in their own way, because they are also... Co-founders of the Cinematropolis from Planet Thunder Productions, Sir Jacob and Sir Zachary Burns. Welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. Hey. What's up? <laughs> no applause for us? No? Yes. Thanks. No. Wow. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's fine. It's Golf too late. Clap. Golf clap. It's too late no, now. No, too late now. Don't give in. Don't, don't, don't give in. Don't give in. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I take it back. You haven't even been knighted yet. You just get demoted like three levels. Wow. Wow. Because that's it's okay. If you go on this quest, you know, you do all the right things, you'll be right back on top. <laughs> you, might, you, you might get to be a knight at the end. Maybe. That sounds awful. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, if you are tuning in and you're enjoying this conversation, if your thoughts are provoked by our discussion of the Green Knight analysis, or if you're laughing, you're having a good time, we would love to hear from you. There's two different ways we can hear from you. First up, you can take that quick 30-second step and head it over to the Apple Podcast app and give us a five-star rating and talk about how the sirs around the, the square table were incredible speakers. You could leave us a review. That'd be great. That'd be very helpful. Or you could also just send us your thoughts on the Green Knight to the cinematropolis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And for those of you who send in your feedback and emails, we'll make sure to get to those questions on a later show. So again, step one rate and review the podcast step two talk with us uh i guess step three if you're really a real dedicated follower you could also follow us on twitter and facebook at that's at the cinematrop on twitter or at facebook.com forward slash the cinematropolis now with that said let's go ahead and get to know the voices around the table a little bit better before we get to our spoiler free review of the green knight so gentlemen icebreaker question for this week if you were robbed on a quest for your honor what would be one item that you would like to reclaim Zachary, I'm going to start with you on this. Okay, great. Um, so I had to uh, think for a little bit uh, <laughs> when I saw this was a, the first question uh, because, you know, ultimately, like if I'm going on a quest for my honor that might end up in my death, I probably just wouldn't go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, to, to honor the question, um, if I were to go on a quest uh, for my honor, I'd probably take, uh, you guys have all seen it by this point, uh, my cheeseburger backpack. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. carry my handy supplies that I would need. 
Um, would you, would you, if you found yourself without food for long enough, would you eat the backpack? I'd probably try, uh, uh, you know, as far as burgers go, it probably wouldn't be in my top five, but you know, where would you rate that uh, against the Big Mac and uh, the Whopper? Well, uh, it still might be above those, but, uh, you know, who can say, um, I haven't, I haven't tried eating my cheeseburger backpack, but, uh, yeah. Uh, if any of you guys are familiar with Steven universe, that's where the cheeseburger backpack comes from. Uh, and it is one of my very prized possessions. So if someone took that from me, uh, I'd go on a quest for vengeance. I'm writing that uh, down right against now. Them. He, yeah. would, he would kill them. I would kill them immediately. <laughs> so, so if you want to see, if you want to see Zach go all John Wick, take his <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> don't touch, don't touch my cheeseburger backpack. All right. Well, I, I certainly am not taking that backpack. No, it's too cool. I'll let you have it. So, Laurent, you're going to let him have the backpack. How about you? What is your one item? You know, I went back and forth on this. You know, I have a very expansive uh, DVD and Blu-ray collection, but I figured that'd be a really difficult thing to tout around on a journey, on a voyage. So um, I also have a very expansive, like, graphic tee, trendy pop culture T-shirts that I love. Listeners can't see it right now, but you have an incredible Halloween shirt uh, on right now. I, 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 I describe it. It's It's got Laurie Strode with Michael Myers and the reflection of a bloody butcher knife on your shirt. It's incredible. And they have all the little female heroines, you know, like I have a Ridley one, too, for Alien. So things like that. So I think basically I'd have to find my favorite selection from that group and have it go on because they're all sentimental to me. So um, I would say probably one of my favorite graphic tees, you know, uh, showing my love for cinema. And with that, I think if you're lucky and you pick just the right one and you happen to find the right stranger on the road, they might help you out based on which tea you pick, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. It's a good strategy. All right, Jacob, the time is yours. What is the one item that you would take on the journey? Uh, I would take a uh, single hamburger with cheese with onions from <laughs> Tucker's Onion Burgers. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's a great selection, the best burger yeah, solid, in OKC, arguably. Know? Exactly. Um, I don't know if you guys have any burger opinions. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. None whatsoever. Recently, None whatsoever. Um, have we talked about not. burgers recently? Uh, I don't know. I personally never talk about burgers. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hey, listeners out there, most of you are in the Oklahoma City area. Please email us your favorite hamburger and OKC selection <laughs> to cinematropolis at gmail.com. We need to prove Jacob wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even say which burger. Uh, he said Tucker's, I guess. Yeah, so. Tucker's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah please send uh, send burger um, suggestions straight to me, and I will eat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll well, feed you for one night. Yeah, yeah. of that year. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, if it's a tub, if it's a Tucker's double, and that's he cuts fair. it in half, two nights. Excuse true. me, two nights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could get the mother Tucker. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a massive, you know, yeah. you Man, a week I, on that thing. I really hope the Good Egg Group is listening to us. I, they better be. <laughs> we Man. we are taking sponsors right now, Good Egg Group. Uh, and for those of you listeners who are not from Oklahoma City, please come to Oklahoma City and eat Tucker's Onion Burgers. It'll change your life. All right. Well, that leaves me. And I would have to say I'd have to document the journey. I'd probably starve first. Um, I would probably lose company. I'd probably drive any companions crazy, but I'd have my blue Yeti mic with my laptop because we have to podcast about the journey. What was day one, day yeah. two, mm-hmm. day three. Now by day like 368 or something, we're going to be going crazy and they're going to be like, I'm tired of documenting. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We will have it on the record. That way uh, when I've been murdered by my companions, it's documented and I can say, Laron, you know what to do. Man, I'm doing this all wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming that my companions are going to try to kill me. You don't me. have my shirt. Yeah. I want your laptop. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't want to take this beautiful podcasting right? table. Yeah. Well, I see, mean, carry this on your back it, every but day. But it's very nice. I, you know, that I was going to say that, but then Laurent raised a great point. You can't exactly just carry a podcasting table with you. Watch me. <laughs> if there's magic involved in this quest, I yeah, feel that's like... True. It's not a real magical bag. We have a bag of holding. We have a bag of holding. What do you think my cheeseburger backpack is? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We got got t-shirts. We got cheeseburger backpacks. I can give you the podcast table and we're all going to murder Jacob over for a like cheeseburger. For honor. For honor. For honor. For honor. Yeah, all this is all for honor. honor. Yeah. I'd die for one of those burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I'd kill you for one, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, what, what one item would you bring on your quest to redeem your honor? Uh, you can let us know by sending us an email to thecinematropolis at gmail.com or hitting us up on social media. All right. Now's the time, gentlemen, to do the thing that we were destined to do, that the king told us we had to do, and now we don't have a choice. The king being A24 and the movie gods. Let's go ahead and jump into our review of The Green Knight. Friends. Brothers and sisters. Who can... Regale me and my queen with some myth. Or tale. Oh, greatest of kings, let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge me in this game. I will be deep. IMDb, The Green Knight, is a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain the Green Knight that tells us basically nothing about the movie. Also, it's arguable whether or not Sir Gawain is actually the Green Knight, depending on which version of the text you've read, because there are multiple versions. So, I just want to note here real quickly, this movie was supposed to be released at South by Southwest 2020. That's right, a year and a half ago. And I have to say, gentlemen, and we're going to we're going to jump into our thoughts on the movie here. This has probably been the movie I've anticipated the most of the pandemic, way more than Black Widow, way more than A Quiet Place Part Two. Close, but not quite as much. You know, I, 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 Fast Nine comes close, but it's not quite there because hashtag family. Uh, <laughs> this is the one I've been looking forward to because it really is the, the trailers make it appear as if it's going to be a really cinemas uh, really cinematic story uh, that feels like it could only play in the movie theater. What's also noteworthy here is that this film, The Green Knight, that was originally scheduled to be released over a year and a half ago, was totally re-edited during the pandemic by writer-director David Lowry. So he really found the movie in the editing process, which I find really fascinating. A, I'm sort of curious about what did the original cut look like, and B, 
one of the positive silver linings of last year was that we probably got a vastly superior version uh, of a movie we were all already looking forward to. So with that said, um, are you have you guys been pretty pumped for the Green Knight? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've been planning this conversation for about two years now. <laughs> so, Jacob, I'll just kick things off to you. Do you have any familiarity with the Arthurian poem that this film is based on? Uh, only in the fact that I know that it exists. Um, I, it's extremely possible that I read it in high school or something like that. Um, but uh, that was a long time ago. So, so I, you know, I know the King Arthur aspect. I know that story very, very well. Um, but uh, some of his, uh, his, his friends in the spinoff stories, I don't know as well in the franchise. Um. <laughs> How has there not been a King Arthur cinematic universe? I guess they tried and failed. They've visibly. tried a few times. They, yeah, they've tried. I many mean, like times. Excalibur from the seventies is that movie fucking rules. rules. Yeah, uh, watch <laughs> it if you haven't so watched good. it. It's yeah. great. Mm. So Zach. Enlightness, do you have any experience with the Arthurian texts? Uh, yeah, similar to Jacob. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, the overall King Arthur story, but not so much about, uh, okay, so how do we say his name? I, in the, I think in the, the movie, movie it kind of sounded like, like Garwin. Garwin, yeah. That's Garwin. what it sounded like in the movie. Is that, is that what we're agreeing on? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I said Garwin, but, you know, I pulled that from yeah. IMDb, so, you know, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, so yeah, G. it's like it's spelled like, like what I've heard in the past is Gawain. Yeah. Gawain. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, but what they said in the movie was more like Garwin. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'll go with that. Anyways, yeah. So I've been pretty familiar with the King Arthur story overall, uh, but not so much uh, Garwin and the, his Green Knight activities. All right. So, Laron, do you have any additional insight here on the on the original story? So I was only ever vaguely familiar with the poem. Like, um, I don't think... There's a chance again that I, that it was read in high school, but um, as soon as it came out, I mean, I immediately knew that it was vaguely about the this character. But as far as the universe, the world, the plot, all of that was fresh again for me watching the film. Mm. So I think we're all pretty aligned around the table that none of us are Arthurian lore experts, which is a bummer because there are a lot of people out there, much like all sorts of different folklore, know a lot about it. Um, what I will say is I'm a pretty aligned, know Arthur really well. My knowledge of the Green Knight extends to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I won't spoil this film, but let's just say in Monty Python, he's known for being a terrible knight and running away. <laughs> so I going into the movie, that was like, okay, I don't know what the songs they were joking. I don't know like the, the, the story behind why they were making fun of him in Monty Python so much. But I assume that I'll find out by watching the Green Knight. And we'll discuss whether or not that was accurate or not. So let's shift gears here. None of us are really Arthurian experts, but how about David Lowry? Of course, the writer-director uh, is known most recently for A Ghost Story, Ain't Them Body Saints, Pete's Dragon for Disney fans out there who are the real diehard fans, because <laughs> even, even casual Disney fans haven't seen Pete's Dragon. Um, but David Lowry, uh, a very critically acclaimed director who I think is really just made a, a name for himself in the last, say, like five to ten years, especially uh, among like independent films. Uh, so, Laurent, we're going to reverse course here the sure. other way around the table. Uh, what's your impression of David Lowry's work as a writer-director? So I'm very familiar with his work, um, but I think the film that struck me the most was A Ghost Story. That was uh, on my top ten list that year. Um, I, I'm not sure which year it was, just a couple of years past, but um, 
very similar in, in theme here, where it's, it makes you question all the you know the questions of the universe, all the mysteries of it, and um, and it's very evocative in that way, um, and also uses visuals you know very prominently to to kind of tell a story. So um, I saw that very prominent in this film, and um, but particularly a ghost story was one of my favorites of his. So um, I was looking forward to this, and I saw a lot of his directorial flair you know carry on into this one. There's definitely a lot of overlap and and we'll get into it like especially in the spoiler section some of the ideas that he hits on in a ghost story there is some overlap I think with what we see here in the Green Knight how much uh, overlap we'll discuss but yes uh all right so Laron knows a ghost story pretty well uh Zach how about you Uh yeah I've seen uh most of David Lowry's other works uh, I haven't seen his Pete Dragon Pete's Dragon remake which I've heard is good It is very it good. Is good Um yeah. Uh, but I've seen, I think, pretty much everything else. Uh, Ain't the Body Saints, Ghost Story, uh, The Old Man and the Gun, uh, which is really good. Uh, nice, light, breezy, kind of uh, romanticized mm-hmm. uh, Robert Redford thief movie mm-hmm. well, uh, in, what, in his golden years. It it's really good. It's supposed to be his allegedly last film. And then yeah. Endgame sort of ruined it a little bit. But his send-off film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, all, all his movies decided again, I haven't seen Pete's dragon, but I've seen all the others and they're really good. Um, so I was uh, of course super excited for his new one. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Like there's definitely, you know, tonally, uh, probably green Knight is most similar to, uh, a ghost story, of course, just cause there's big and epic and it's almost more like a film you experience than, uh, you know, just watch. Um, and Green Knight has a, a lot of similarities to that for sure. But yeah, big fan. I like that. That's a really great way to put it. It's a film you don't watch, you experience. I like that. Jacob, anything to add on to that? What's your experience with David Lowry? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty similar to those two. Um, I uh, I was going to sing the praises of Old Man and the Gun just because I feel like not a lot of people saw it. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And it's good. I mean, at the time when it came out, I was it was one of my favorite movies that year and everybody talked about it. They're like, what? Never heard of it. Um so yeah, definitely see Old Man in a Gun. But yeah, I love the ghost story. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything to add. It's just uh, he's good. I feel like he's really evolved as a filmmaker since I think Ain't the Body Saints was his first one. Um, and um, he's kind of, it, it's just always exciting because you don't really know what you're getting into because like all of his movies are all f- pretty unique uh, and interesting. So um, it's nice to have a filmmaker like that who it's kind of, you know, this it's going to be kind of a one of a kind film and you don't know what to expect when you go into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all have a, again, similar perspective here. I, I would say a ghost story was one of my favorite movies of that year. And it, it really did. I want to say it was 2018 listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but that that's a movie that I feel like I watched it and thought about it for a week. <laughs> and I came out the other end of that week saying, I think I'm changing my world of you a little bit. Like, yeah. that, like because, <laughs> yeah. because the movie puts uh, a lot of really big existential ideas and the experience is definitely a part of it because that movie has basically no story really mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. than just the story of this ghost experiencing mortality for better and for worse. And, it really like kind of helps you put into perspective who am I as a person that exists on this planet right now. And I really want a, a big pie to devour. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. For, yeah. For, yeah. for a six minute. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do really yeah. want that. It was incredible. I forgot about the pie scene. Well, it's just, he's a very like 
fearless director. You know, like, you mm-hmm. know, we brought up a ghost story a lot. And, like, what's incredible about that movie is, like, literally it's a guy with a sheet over his head. Yeah. Which should be ridiculous. It should be dumb. But, it should be man, so it works. Stupid, it but it's just incredible. works so well. It's haunting just, in a way. Yeah. You know, so And just to have that confidence that, like, to have that vision and then to bring it to life and then to be that good with a guy with a sheet on his head. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And outside of that, you know, it's funny. I'm, Lauren, I'm really glad you reminded me of the pie scene because I didn't even think about that because I, my takeaway from the movie was like larger than life ideas, but yet the, the craft is incredible because yes. it's a scene that goes on for a really long time oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's increasingly uncomfortable, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. And, and it works tremendous. It was, it was a tremendous moment. And again, the confidence of saying, I'm going to put this in the movie. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. And uh, I think he did it. Yeah. I think he did it. So I would say since then I've gone back and watched some of his other films. I'd seen Old Man and the Gun, which again that is probably the most narrative driven yeah, of yeah, all sure. the movies I've seen from him. Oh yeah, and he just uh, clearly has a, a respect for, you know, cinema. Uh, and when I say that, I mean like you know Robert Redford's career. In that case, he knows his stuff. He knows what makes those movies work, and he was able to incorporate it. Uh, but it, that is radically different than Eighth and Body Saints, which is different than a ghost story. Uh, and now we're on to a Green Knight, which is taking on our theory and lore. Um, so anyway, I'm just excited. Uh, apparently, at one point during the pandemic, he contemplated quitting filmmaking. Oh, wow. And I'm like, please, <laughs> <Me too>. don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pay, I'm contemplating quitting whatever it is I'm doing right now. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a fair point. <laughs> Uh, so I am just saying, please don't, please keep making movies because it takes us to the Green Knight, which is a movie that again we've been waiting years uh, to see. So I'm already sort of tipping my hand a little bit. But uh, Jacob, I'll, I'll turn to you. I mean, uh, the Green Knight. What did you What did you think? What was some things you liked? Maybe some things you didn't like. What was your your takeaway from the movie? Uh, hated it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was uh, incredible. Um, it's. Uh, one of those films, kind of like Zachary saying, it's, it's, it's it, I think too many people go into movies expecting to get it. And this is a movie that you're not going to just get immediately. And so you just kind of need to sit there and let it wash over you and vibe with it. Um, it, you know, obviously it's just a beautifully shot movie, beautifully performed. Um, and it's, it, it doesn't hold your hand. Um, it, it does its thing and you go along for the ride and just vibe with it. And that's, that's the way to do it is just sit back and let it wash over you. Um, cause it's, if, if you can do that, if you can let go of plot and things like that, um, you're going to really be in for something special. It's a really cool movie. All right. So, so listeners, if you, if you like movies with plot, <laughs> Firstly, you shouldn't watch a Green Knight. Secondly, you super should not watch a ghost story. Yeah. yeah. Oh exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, David so, Lowry's not for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's not. But well, uh, you can watch the old man on the gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could probably do that. Pete's uh, Dragon. Yeah, Pete's Dragon. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> there's, there's, there is a plot in that one. A, yeah. By Disney standards, it's pretty minimal but yeah you know i mean uh, that's yeah. why i like it sure <laughs> uh yeah so i think that's a good note just be up front i would say listeners know what you're getting into and this is not a story driven movie i honestly wouldn't even say it's a character driven movie i i mean there the character is on a journey but i think the movie's more about like what is the sort of like morality tale um what is the point of the things he's doing what is it saying about him what is it saying about you the viewer and what is it saying about just like the whole point of an art, like this, this quest he's been given. Um, anyway, we'll get into more of that later, but, uh, Zach, uh, tell me your thoughts. Uh, w- what did you think of the green Knight? Well, first of all, I love the plot. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, no, uh, I, the movie is fantastic. Um, uh, I honestly, I don't know if there's anything I could really say against it. Um, everything about it is beautiful. The cinematography, the production design, the costume design, uh, the score is incredible. The acting is incredible from everybody. Uh, yeah, it's just really solid all the way around. But yeah, like Jacob was saying, like it's it it's it's a movie that you just you just you just go along with it. You vibe with it. Uh, you let it wash over you, um, and you'll you'll have yourself a great and weird but great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not all great, and but sexy. it's definitely. It's, huh? yeah. And sexy time. It's sexy time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laron, what did you think? Of I, Green could, I, I couldn't be bothered by the plot being, I'll say, minimalist. I wouldn't say there's no plot. I would just mm-hmm. say that it's not It's not your, your cause and effect sort of, you know, mm-hmm. traditional plot. Um, because everything you're looking at is so entrancing, you know, like so... I mean, the whole way through, I was like, I don't, even if you turned it on mute, it would still be interesting to look at, you know? So there's enough being communicated visually. I I think I described in my review that it was visual poetry. It feels that way because there's a lot being communicated that way. And I think a lot of his films are that way too. Absolutely. So much of the information is kind of conveyed subtly or through imagery and not through dialogue and, and, you know, necessarily character development. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really loved it. I thought the art direction in particular was just so stellar. So, yeah, I I mean, I, firstly, I, I'm just going to say here, see this movie. Well, caveat, things are hard right now, guys. (laughs) If you feel safe in doing so, uh, and you're vaccinated, I would highly recommend you see this movie on the big screen because what I can, I can say is it's going to look great at home. But it is going to feel incredible on the big screen because, as Laurent already pointed out, the visuals are breathtaking. The the score is haunting. And the sound mixing is mm-hmm. – I mean, I, I think it's Oscar-worthy sound mixing. This, there's a scene early in the movie when a, when a certain character is introduced. He's a scary character. It's – one of the best sequences I've seen in a movie in a long time because he doesn't actually if – you, if you go back and pay attention to the sequence – he doesn't really do that much. Yeah. But he when he when he enters, it's a it's very theatrical. The the winds comes through, the the flames flicker out, the doors open, and you see this giant, terrifying looking silhouette. And then we see the horse sort of trot in and he gets off the horse and you hear him walking and just the footsteps yeah. are just menacing, and you're like, holy cow, this guy means business. And it just it feels like something you could only experience in a theater on the big screen to have like maximum impact. So again, things are sort of tricky right now with the Delta variant. So don't do anything reckless, but also if you feel safe doing so, um, or when you're vaccinated, I would encourage you to see this on the, the big screen first. Um, I would also say that Lauren, you, you called it vis- visual poetry. I think it goes beyond just visual poetry. I think it is visual poetry, but I, I think it's a step further. I think the way the, the film was edited, especially really like the, the the story while there's not a lot of narrative the it rhyme like the beats rhyme mm-hmm. um there's a lot of times they they'll cut something in a weird plot and again from a plot perspective or even from a character perspective you're you might not be be sure why they do that but when you think back about okay here's the theme he's not he's stopped he's making a pit stop with this group of characters doing this thing and they cross cut to this earlier thing and you're like 
But that doesn't make sense. Why would they do it there? And it's because I think they're trying to highlight certain characteristics about the main character yep. or his quest. And it's not obvious and on the label. And I think even for really savvy filmgoers, it might not work. It really worked for me, though, because it's one of those when you walk out of the theater, you're thinking, holy cow, what did I just watch? And you think about it for days and then you think about all those weird quirks and things you're like that don't make sense. And two things happen. Either one, I start sort of seeing a little bit about like what is the emotion and the themes and ideas that he's sort of putting out there. And also, B, I immediately am like, I've got to see it again now. Mm-hmm. With the context of knowing where it goes, what these subplots are coming, I need to see maybe how they all fit together a little more clearly. Again, that is probably going to drive some people insane. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And they're going to walk away. This movie has a C-plus cinema score right now, so you know it's not like it's beloved by, by audience, you know, uh, mass audiences. But I think if you know that this is what you're getting into, I think you are really going to love this movie. Now, we've already uh, mentioned that this is narrative light. Do you guys, uh, I mean, we, we can do this really quickly. I mean, do you guys see this more of a, a feature or a bug? Feature 100%. Yeah, feature. Yeah. I think it's very deliberate too. So it's just, for sure. Yeah, it definitely feels like that's, that's, that's what he, this is the film he intended us to see. It wasn't, um, it's not something that was intended to do that. And I think if it bothers them, then that they were, they were seeing the wrong film. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like with that in mind, then you're saying if you're, if you're okay, again, sort of accepting, all right, I'm not here for, for story beats. Um, I think the thing that really sticks out is that it is, is layered with ambiguous meaning. Um, so I just love to hear kind of what you guys take on this. Does this is this a type of storytelling that really works for you, and do you think it works especially well in the Green Knight? Uh, Zach, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love the movie, so yeah, it definitely works for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, it, and it definitely works well in the movie. Um, but yeah, like I think. Um, and I think this is always a problem with just movies and media in general is, you know, people get so focused on the plot, uh, and, and trying to pick it apart, uh, and trying to make sure it makes logical sense. Um, and this is definitely not a movie that's going to satisfy you if that's what you care about. Um, and that, that, but when I see something like that, that excites me because so much of everything else is very plot driven. Uh, so when a movie comes along that, doesn't care so much about plot. I mean, there is a plot. Things happen. Um, but that's not the movie's sole focus. Um, so when a movie like that comes around, it just gets me excited, uh, you know, because it's not not the norm. So I'm, I'm asking the question to you listeners, and I guess you guys are on the table if you want to answer it. Are you a are you a I love Inception because the top doesn't fall type of person? Or are you one that's like, <laughs> son of a gun, they didn't tell me this movie sucks. Ask yourself that question. If it's the latter, you're going to freaking hate this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So so with that said, though, this already has, I mentioned a second ago, already a C-plus cinema score. What would you guys' pitch be for this movie to audiences who maybe don't immediately connect with it in the same way this table clearly is? Jacob? Hmm. That's a good question. Um feel like we've really hammered on this idea of you know just, just let go of your expectations and that's what the main thing i hear from people that didn't like it is they were expecting you know they saw the trailer and it kind of sells it as mm-hmm. kind of this big like uh, almost an action movie like yeah. the way the trailer sells it um and i think 
uh, that could be, it's one of those things that help get people into the theaters. Um, but it probably also trick some people in theaters yeah, <laughs> that yeah, wouldn't yeah. normally go to this type of movie. So I think that would be the thing. It's just, you know, like, you know, listen to this podcast and, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and uh, adjust your expectations and just like, I don't know, open yourself to the idea of uh, uh, just stop, stop trying to figure the movie out and stop yeah. trying to um, uh follow the plot you know and like we said there is a plot like he's on a quest there's a very clear goal at mm -hmm. the end of the quest he gets he goes on side quests like everybody's played video yeah. games they know the thing um but it yeah i think it, I'm, yeah i think i'm running out of stuff to say but like yeah. <laughs> but yeah just you know uh, don't just adjust your expectations throw them out the window yeah, um and sure. just let the movie be what it is you might you still might not like it but um there's there's lots of rich, interesting storytelling there, both visually uh, and uh, and through the sound and through everything. So it's just a, a, about allowing that to kind of seep yeah. in and wash over you. And and also, I'd just like to add, even if you don't like the movie after throwing away your expectations and and diving in, uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with spending two hours just looking at Dev Patel. I mean, <laughs> I, I, he is a right? beautiful man. You're not wrong. He is a beautiful man. Right. There is that too. Uh, Laurent, anything to add to that? Or the the so-called pitch to people who maybe don't immediately connect with the film? Yeah, I think the idea, like with things being plot driven, I mean, I think that's just, that's limiting your idea of it. I think it's kind of incumbent upon viewers themselves. Like I saw the trailer too, and I was like, I'm not falling for that because I've seen a David Lowry. <laughs> exactly. And, so, exactly. and so like, I'm just saying, but going into it with that kind of knowledge, I understand why they marketed it that way. They mm -hmm. wanted it to look like a Lord of the Rings or a, or a Game of Thrones type of film to get butts and seats. But I think too, like I said, there's just multiple ways to tell a story and there's a multiple ways that you can you can convey information to people. And I think that we're just so conditioned as kind of Hollywood, we've seen Hollywood formula movies, um, kind of just labor over with exposition and all these things like that, which I think is far less interesting. So when they don't spell it out for me, I'm always just more intrigued because then I have to do more mental work when I'm sitting there. Uh, when I'm watching a film and some people just go to escape, I get that. This definitely not an escapist movie. Uh, it's a heavy thinking film, but um, so I think, yeah, if you go into it knowing that, and like you said, if you just strip away the, you know, all of that kind of expectation, I think you can really get something really rich and interesting from it because it is really a very beautiful piece. But. And very evocative of a lot of different types of emotions and ideas. So I think we really hit on that, but I think the last thing I would say here, and again, this is sort of going back to that, uh, inception analogy, just know what you're signing up for and it's not an action movie, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot of really good stuff here. And, you know, are you the type of person who likes to watch a movie and be done and move on? Or is that the kind of movie you're looking for? Cause there are a lot of people out there like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's kind of how you enjoy your movies, this is not that movie. Um, if you're a person who likes to watch the movie and process your movie and think of the movie and then go read about the movie for like five hours, you know, read about the two hour movie for five hours and think on it for another week and come back and say, all right, that movie had some stuff to say and I find it really, really interesting. This is the kind of movie for you. There's layers. It's going to challenge you in a lot of ways. It's a slow burn. 
and there aren't clear answers. So go see the movie. If those things, I will. Ca- I recommend it. The caveat is, if all those things are things you're interested in, go see the movie. Um, and maybe it's because we haven't really had one of these in so long because of the, the pandemic last year, and even the movies that have come out so far this year. You know, back in theaters have largely just been blockbusters that are fun. I'm so thankful they're back, but also like there hasn't been a movie since we've sort of come out to the more optimistic side of the pandemic that I was in the right space to watch a movie that would challenge me this way. Yeah. And for me, this, this really hit home and is so far my favorite movie of the year. So with all that said, gentlemen, we have a lot of things to talk about and spoilers, very specific. I wouldn't say plot details, but more like we're going to have to talk about what happens in order to talk about the ideas. So with that said, let's (laughs) get our letter grades out of the way here. Let's tell the listeners, if you were going to grade this movie on an ABCD, uh, I guess you could do E, but who does E does E? I didn't get any E's or an F. Uh, what sort of letter grade would you give it? So Laron Chapman, I'm gonna pass it to you first. Yes, yeah, so I give this a solid A minus. A minus. A minus. Was it too long? Wow, I thought you liked it. <laughs> it was five minutes too long. Listen, we only operate in absolutes here because we're like Sith Lords. If you don't love a movie unabashedly, well, then you automatically think it's trash, okay? Yeah, this yeah. is the internet era we're talking about here. My minus, I think, goes for, like, perfection. I don't think it's a perfect film, but I sure. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it, though. No, I, I think I think I'm, I'm, no, I know. I'm busting your balls. A minus <laughs> is a very, very uh, high praise from Laurent. So we'll, we'll, we'll say A minus from Laurent. Zach Burns, what, do you, what kind of a score do you give it? Uh, I mean, I'll give it a solid A. Flat A. I mean, it's better than an A minus. It is. Zach liked those five minutes, Laurent. Right? Yeah. Those yeah. extra five minutes is like that's what put it over the edge. We're splitting hairs now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Jacob. Uh, what's between an A? I was gonna and say, a give it one more, <laughs> yeah, one yeah, more yeah. point up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. Yeah, I'll say A. I think. Um, I don't know. I think. Letter grades are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer letter grades or number scores or none? Neither. Uh, none. I, I don't know. None. But yeah. the, the internet. But I get it. I get it. The internet. Yeah, I'll say ins- A. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The internet insists we have these things. I, know, right? I, don't, I right. don't. I don't like it either. Yeah. We can't just say it's a great movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. We did that. A minus. <laughs> uh, here, here's my hesitation. So it's five minutes, right? It's those five minutes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's the five minutes. <laughs> I, I do think the film is literally two hours and five minutes was the reason I said that. I know. <laughs> it is two hours and five minutes. It, it's a slow burn, and I don't think it's to the detriment of the film. I do wonder if there was, there was one subplot in particular I wouldn't have minded being a little shorter. I feel like I would have had the same reaction. That said, you know what? That's being nitpicky. And A- minus is still an A in my book. So I think we're all on the same team. Huzzah. I think we all liked it, guys. Listeners, we have put all the caveats on it. So if you like the things we were saying about what worked about the movie, then go see it. If you don't like those things, well, just, just step back and think, could I like those things? And if the answer is yes, go see it. If the answer is no, then... Are you listening to the right podcast? I don't know. <laughs> These are all questions you have to answer yourself. That's yes. right. 
All right, everyone. Well, we're going to go ahead and move into our spoiler-filled discussion. So if you don't want any spoilers on The Green Knight, go ahead and tune out now. He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken to have his kneecap split and his body burned away and his limbs all hacked and mangled brace a robin. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raped and his bottom burnt off and his penis... That's, that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. The night is green? <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked that question, <laughs> Jacob, yeah. but I've got I've to throw this question onto the table. Uh-oh. Who is the Green Knight that the, the title of the film is referring to? You, you spoke up first, so you've got to answer. Mm, <laughs> damn it. I think I'm going to give the artsy fartsy answer. I think Good. both Dev Patel and the quote unquote Green Knight um, are the same person. They are both the Green Knight. I think it is a, I think him and even the quest, I think they're all parts of one being. Um, and I think they're just exploring things and you can take it. The movie presents it literally in the sense that we can see a physical person there, but I think a lot of it is an internal thing. So I think it's all, um, they're all parts of one being, whether that's a person or something in the ether. I don't know. There's my artsy fartsy answer. So you're saying this Damn it, all you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying this all happened in Dev Patel's head? No. <laughs> okay, well that's what certainly not. <laughs> well, I'm confused, but you know what? That's what's great about artsy fartsy answers. You can just say it. No one knows what she means, and you still sound smart. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. I don't know how to explain it. It's yeah. you know, it's it's a. Uh, it's not about a, a spe- specific person or thing. It's kind of it encompasses everything. Yeah. We are all the Green Knight. The story yeah. is the Green Knight. Yeah. Yes. Wait, did you say we're all the Green Knight? <laughs> Wait, yeah. We are all so a little bit of the Green Knight in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the true Green Knight were the friends we made along exactly. the way. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I understand that the the the, the 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 Green Knight is an idea, and. The story is exploring the idea that happens to feature multiple characters, but these characters are all part of the story, which means they're part of the idea, which means that all the Green Knight... <laughs> they is are that a physical was- manifestation of ideas. Yes. Yeah. And if you think of the film just thematically, then that works. That works entirely, I think. But Ron, do you think of it as more than thematically? I, well, the weird thing... <laughs> the weird thing is... <laughs> It's weird when you pair it. It's it's very strange because you know, like when you when you pair this with the actual source, there's clear cut answers, you know, for who is what. But I think the way the film reads, you know, and not getting into the literal translation, um, yeah, I mean, I think Jacob's interpretation is valid. It, I, you know, the Green Knight feels like somewhat of a symbolic extension of the we Garwin's Gar, yes, yeah. of you know, Dev Patel. Dev Patel, yeah, yeah. Dev Patel, exactly. It does feel that way, um, and I think if you read it through that lens, you'll enjoy it more too. You won't be so frustrated by certain <laughs> plot points, you know. So, um, since everything is somewhat ambiguous and not exactly spelled out, so. But. All right, Zach, you got the final word here before I come in with a hammer. <laughs> um, uh, like, I mean, 
I totally agree. With, with <laughs> the, the artsy fartsy answer. Smart. Um, uh, but I also do also want to point out something else because, uh, like Caleb, you mentioned earlier, uh, after watching this movie, basically we saw it a few days ago. Pretty much since then, I've just read every review or or analysis of the movie that I could, uh, just to help develop my own thoughts. Um, but there was a great essay by uh, Alyssa Wilkinson, one of my faves uh, film writers out there. Um, and she uh, uh, read the title of the movie as having its own dual meaning, whereas obviously there is a physical character called referred to as the Green Knight, uh, but you can also use that to refer to Dev Patel separately using green as in new or young. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the movie, he's definitely portrayed as a... He's not yet a knight, mm-hmm. um, and he's young and kind of naive about stuff, uh, and he's kind of new to this whole chivalry, chivalry thing. Um, so I thought that was a, a nice little fun way to think of the title as just being uh, having more than one meaning in itself. Nice. That is a, a nice little addendum to the artsy-fartsy answer. Yeah, so, but again, it's like the Green Knight is everybody. That's that's still what the that's still what the title means. <laughs> still... Yeah. So I I mean I, I think I come down on uh, Dev Patel as the as the Green Knight. Uh, but again, I know in the even in the Arthurian text there are multiple versions of this particular story. So it's a little unclear even in the text which one's the definitive version. So I do kind of like this idea that you guys are putting out there in the quote unquote artsy fartsy answer that it's multiple people. And I, I like it because when you think about Dev Patel and I think about him a lot, I was going to say, I think about him a lot. (laughs) He's a terrible knight. He's a terrible knight. I think this is, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get into this. I think this is the point of the movie though. Yeah. 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 He opens by sleeping around in a brothel he gets called out on it. He gets summoned to the king's chamber for the, the meeting where the creature that could also be the Green Knight shows up in the coolest movie sequence I've seen <laughs> at so least cool. this year. Such a great reveal. And he, the king's like, so what stories you've, you've got? And he's like, oh, I slept at a brothel. I got nothing. <laughs> and so he just he feels that he has to prove himself because he didn't, you know, the, the, the creature doesn't say cut my head off and... I'll cut your head off. He says, strike me and I will wound you in the same way. He could have, could have like just done a light pinch. A little, little finger. <laughs> yeah. 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 Finger or a toe. Yeah. But clearly the creature's leading him on and sort of knows because he does the motion to cut my head off. But I was like, Dad Patel, he's baiting you. You don't, you're stupid. Yeah. You're young and you feel like you've got something to prove and you immediately cut the guy's head off. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, on his journey, he chooses to do pretty much the most unknight-like thing in every one of the stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the first one, the, the the beggar kids asking him for some like uh, charity, and he, he tosses him a coin. Okay, I guess brownie points. You gave him some money, but this beggar kid clearly didn't think it was enough, so he decided to I don't know steal all your stuff. <laughs> uh, the ghost girl. So again, not chivalrous, not helping mm-hmm. the poor and needy. Uh, the ghost girl, he goes and he does help her out. He does retrieve her head from the lake. And also, that was an incredible sequence. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was about so, to say, that was, was one of my favorite it, it was actually yeah. probably yeah. my favorite. Awesome. The, whole, the whole sequence was yeah. great. Like, the, yeah. it was, the whole, it was creepy. He didn't know if she was real or not. She's a ghost. And when he brings her back and he sees the skull as her head. Yeah, and then her, the, 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 incredible. Bed, the skeletons on the bed. Yeah, incredible. A plus plus. But then he's like, all right, so what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'll do this good deed, 
but only if you give me something in return. And when she gives him his axe back. And then he's sleeping around with the uh, the <laughs> Lord's wife, who, you know, maybe she's coming on to him, but also knights aren't supposed to do that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that the movie is sort of critiquing the idea of knighthood as well, whereas the, the Green Knight is an imperfect knight. It is young. Well, he's uh, technically not a knight yet. True. <laughs> <laughs> But he's trying to achieve knighthood. Yes. Right. So I think he's a bad knight, is what I'm saying. Okay. He's not qualified. <laughs> he's not qualified. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the movie is, uh, that's part of his journey is he's learning what it is to be a knight. A knight. Right. And then Instead he just, of like what his ideas are. And unlike this movie, which we all gave an A, he gets an F every I time. I gave an <laughs> And now you know why. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So the thing that, another really powerful idea that really stuck out to me uh, is, and this is a question that's brought up in one way or another by various characters in the film. Uh, It's a question of legacy. And again, as we just talked about, Dev Patel really feels like he's got something to prove. He's got his honor he has to earn. He has to do this noble thing. And the Kings even said, hey, uh, you promised that guy you'd let him chop your head off. So you should probably (laughs) go do it. If you want your honor, you got to go do this thing. And along the way, several people in one way or another ask him, is this really worth it? Do you, like, is this thing, do you sacrificing your life, is it worth it for you to have an honorable life? So I wanted to get your take here, and I think it even plays a little bit into the ending. Um, do you think this movie does a good job exploring, you know, what is legacy, what's important? Like, what was your take on that idea that was present in the film? Ron, I'll start with you. Well, I think that him achieving honor when asked even why, what is a knight, what do you do, was of paramount importance to him. But I think the film and the quest itself was more so kind of like, you know, seeing if he could embody those virtues, you know, and privately as well as publicly. And we learn in each of those tests that he falls short of that. You know, so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, I mean, I think that if it's a, um, sorry, I'm blocking the question. Repeat the question. Sorry. I'm um, trying to thought. What was your, uh, like, what, so what was your take on this idea of is uh, a suicide quest essentially worth the honor? For me, it was not. I think for him it was because his pride is kind of, you know, of, as you mentioned, even in the first act when he um, decapitates the alleged Green Knight, you know, they, he obviously is governed by, you know, some some less valuable virtues, you know. And so I think that um, he's slowly coming to terms with what it means to actually embody those things and to be true to those things. But Zach, what would you take there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with Leron. Um, you know, definitely for me personally, I'm, I'm not going to go on any uh, quest for my honor that might, uh, end with me getting my head cut off. Uh, I just don't feel like that's worth it for me personally. Not without your cheeseburger backpack. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, for for Garwin, um, in the movie, I think it is. Uh, he feels it's important. Um, but even then, kind of going into what Laurent was saying, like I think at first it was important for him, uh, for everyone to see that he's doing it. Um, uh, doing it for everyone else to keep his honor in their eyes and keep his, cause one of the great big things that 
gets repeated a few times in the movie is the concept of greatness and achieving greatness. Um, uh, and that's what he thinks, you know, King Arthur, his uncle and all these knights of the round table have done. Uh, and he wants to achieve that, uh, for himself, um, because he thinks that's what being a knight is. Um, and so I think at first, I mean, I think that's why he challenged the green knight in the beginning was because he wanted to kind of show off and be like, I want to achieve this greatness Mm -hmm. for myself. Uh, you know, like at the very beginning, uh, when he didn't have any stories to tell, he saw us as an opportunity to get a story mm-hmm. to tell. Yeah. Um, anyways, so uh, I think at the beginning, he felt uh, that he had to go on this journey uh, to keep try to achieve that greatness and gain his honor in everyone else's eyes. But I think by the end of the movie, his choices turned to being for himself yeah. and not for anybody else. Um, in his ultimate, what he decides to do at the end. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, like, and I, and I think that has interesting ideas over whether, you know, again, like this idea of achieving greatness in other people's eyes, um, you know, and for the wrong reasons, for the wrong reasons and, and, you know, kind of achieving that greatness, even, you know, because at the very end, he has that whole kind of vision quest uh, <laughs> of, of what uh, what would happen if he uh, ran away, I guess. Yeah. Um, and within that, he becomes king, which, you know, plenty of people would be like, that is a great man because he's king, right. you know? Uh, so in that kind of sense, he's achieving that greatness. Uh, but then in the end, ultimately, he chooses not to do that. Um, and I think that kind of goes into before he goes on the quest, uh, uh, his lady friend, uh, Alicia Vikander, is that how you say her name? Oh yeah. Alicia Vikander. There it is. I think maybe. Uh, sure. Alicia Vikander will say, uh, (laughs) hopefully that's how you pronounce it. Um, but anyways, she directly questions him before he goes on the quest. Uh, cause she asked him essentially, why are you doing this? Uh, and he says something along the lines of to achieve greatness. Uh, and she asks, like, why choose greatness? What's wrong with goodness? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, which I think that's kind of a question that comes up a few different times throughout the movie. That's a great monologue in the film, I thought. The, also, like, the why is he green? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That whole yeah. monologue oh, is fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alicia Vikander in this movie is top-notch yeah. um, in her dual role. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's a, that's a lot of words to say that I, I think ultimately uh, – uh, Garwin is more concerned with in the end, he's more concerned with what's the right decision for him personally, uh, as opposed to in the beginning where he's kind of making decisions outwardly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Jacob. What was your take? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, those two pretty much covered it, but yeah, I thought what's, what's so great about this movie, I think is that it just kind of, it brings up a lot of ideas and, questions but it kind of refuses to give answers mm-hmm. um and it kind of leaves it up to you to 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 linger with you for you to to think about and pull from that um which i thought was great because yeah like um i think like you said like legacy Zachary brought up greatness um i think Laurent brought up that monologue talking about why is he green or whatever which i think is very like environmentalism and there's other like kind of environmental uh imagery and stuff like that throughout the movie so i thought um 
yeah, it's just cool and interesting how this movie just kind of had, it's kind of packed with a lot of stuff, um, which I think will be really great for like future viewing. I think every time you watch it, you're going to pull something else out of it. Yeah. And and again, Jacob, just the one thing I want to hit on there is I don't think there actually is an answer. I don't think the film Mm -hmm. itself quite comes down either way. I think Mm -hmm. it leans a certain direction, but it does not explicitly come down and say, yeah, he's being selfish and greatness is stupid, but it, nor does it say uh, that, you know, being great is shameful to aspire to. Um, I do think it kind of dives into the reasoning about why you would pursue greatness as a sort of a thing. I, I, I really want to take this this point in the conversation, too, because uh, at least for me, uh, the moment that really stuck out to me, uh, I mean, the, the end sequence. Um, mm-hmm. I think, Jack, uh, Zach, you just mentioned a moment ago. Well, this was what probably close to 10 minutes long. What? Yeah. Say, 10, 10, 15 minutes long. 10, 15, Absolutely. Yeah. No dialogue. No dialogue. It's incredible. Just one long montage. It's so yeah, good. It's awesome. So he has this like sort of flashes, life flashes before his eyes, right before his death sort of moment, except for instead of the past, he's seeing the life that could be if he were to run away. And I, again, I think in some ways I feel like the movie is critiquing a fool's journey into achieving greatness. Yeah. But then when he, you know, his sort of, he could die honorably or he could go back and be the king and be miserable for the rest of his life. And, you know, he's, he's not even a loved king. I mean, you see him throwing like shit pies at him, you know, (laughs) because he's a, he's a Mm -hmm. poor king. So would you rather die in a blaze of glory? You know, Jimi Hendrix style when you're young as a legend that people talk about for, you know, decades or centuries to come, or do you want to do what's expected of you? Yeah. You run away, but you still come back. Maybe you lie about what happened. Maybe you don't. And you get crowned king, and ultimately you're dissatisfied with your decision. Yeah. And again, what's beautiful is I don't think the movie makes a strong statement about which one of those outcomes is the better one. Right. Um, it just sort of leaves the audience with it. And then it ends on a little bit of a humorous note where the Green Knight says, nope, you passed the test. I don't have to kill you. But actually, I gotta kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it leaves it open whether he kills him or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I, I, but like, what did you guys make? Firstly, again, um, you already mentioned it. No dialogue, incredible visual storytelling. I think we've mentioned a couple times just how powerful this would be, even if you put it on mute. Though I think the score really, really sets the mood pretty well for that whole sequence. Um, but what, what, what did you guys think about the the dream sequence, or, or the, I guess yeah, the the, the vision se- uh, the the future sequence? Uh, any other thoughts you guys want to add to that? Well, it was real powerful. And I think that his character felt, I think that vision for me, the way I kind of interpret it is that it was his, he felt personally convicted by it. Cause again, like there was a solution out of this and, and he's thinking like, if they, if I went down this path, you know, like would I actually be again, going back to the initial thing, like having honor, but actually embodying it, you know, um, he would go back, but he wouldn't be embodying it. So he'd have to live with himself and live with the guilt of that, of knowing that he didn't actually fulfill this. He didn't actually achieve this, but he's reaping the benefits of it. So, so coming back to it, that reversal, that kind of change of mind that he has, like, you know, let me do what I set out here to do. And I don't think he gets it until that very final moment. So, um, I think it was a good, very La La Land-esque ending, you know, kind of like, <laughs> what if, you know, sort a of Very thing. dark La La Land. I guess, I guess it's the reversal <laughs> yeah. of the La La Land yeah. ending. Yeah. Like, this is what could happen <laughs> if you do the wrong thing, you know, but yeah. So that's kind of how I saw it. But 
Anyone have any thoughts about, and I don't have an answer to this. I just am curious what you guys' thoughts are on the, uh, the little scarf or I, I guess the, the cloth, like the cloth that, That guy's so cool. He's so he's cool. great. Show us that great guy. Time. I'm really impressed. <laughs> Can't wait until I don't have to deal with it anymore. Okay. <laughs> like, was there anything? Did you guys? What did you, what did you make of this sort of? Uh, I guess you could you call it a, a scarf or a handkerchief or or whatnot. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting that in the vision, he took it off. His head got cut off. I don't know what to make of it. Um, and then also, there's a, a bigger question too about whether the one he ends up with at the end is the same one that he lost from the, 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 the thieves that took all his stuff mm. because the, so the Lord's wife said that she made it, but it just happens to look exactly like the one he had before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lots of questions around all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have anything to add there? Any thoughts? Just really cool imagery. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, at least in the movie for him, I think it it's almost like it's a safety blanket. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why when he takes it off uh, outside of the vision quest, when he takes it off uh, in front of the Green Knight, the Green Knight is like, okay, you passed. Um, because that's like... It's like the symbol. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the symbol of his fear of, of what's coming or what yeah. might happen. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to die. And uh, also his honesty, you know, like yeah. being honest mm-hmm. about it. Cause he knew he had this, this form of mani- way to manipulate the, the whole game. Exactly. Yeah. And so by revealing it, it's like, okay, I, I being transparent about all everything, you know, like, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, and you asked whether it was the same, uh, belt or I think in the poem it's referred to as a girdle. Um, uh, whether it's the same one that his mom gave him at the beginning, uh, like ultimately, I don't think that matters. I think he wants to believe it is, mm-hmm. um, just again because he sees it as a safety blanket. Uh, but also like it, it might be the same one because I think the lady with the blindfold was his mom. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same actress. Oh, interesting. Um, just hanging out, but it's like it's hard to tell because you know she's blindfolded, Got a blindfold. <laughs> yeah. covered the whole, the whole time. Yeah, and I mean, I think like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm not sure the movie even definitively says like this mm-hmm. is actually a magic girdle that will actually yeah, yeah. save you. Like, I think it's it's like you said, I think it's it's more than anything he believes mm-hmm. yeah. that it will do this thing, and so ultimately when he pulls it off, it's you know it's just like it's a symbol that kind of is just a representation of what he's dealing with internally. Well, uh, that's a better answer than what I had come up with. <laughs> uh, I'll take you all's word with it. Um, because I, I, I think I think that I really like the idea that you put out there that it doesn't really matter whether or not it, it is the same one. It's the meaning that he gives it. And because he gives it that meaning, maybe it could be a totally different one. But the way we see it as the audience, sort of through his eyes, it's the same one. Um, and the reason it got, his head gets chopped off in the dream sequence or whatever is because that's sort of more of a metaphor where he's saying, when I take this off, I die. And in his dream sequence, when he dies, his head just falls clean off. <laughs> and it's it's great. It's, it's amazing. So it is incredible. <laughs> and the camera just lingers there for a while, too. Uh, we are like, uh. So good. Oh, wait, the movie's not over yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I think the last sort of major idea I want to hit on here, and I honestly don't have as much to add here, but Jacob, you alluded to it earlier, was this idea of environmentalism and sort of man's relationship to nature, which of course is a very pressing topic these days mm-hmm. uh, here in the, the year of our Lord, 2021. So what did you, what stood out to you about the idea um, of man taking from nature, giving in nature, uh, at least as it was presented in this film? Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of interesting imagery. Like, there's a, a point when he first starts his quest, he's kind of walking, you know, riding his horse through the kingdom, and there's a very, um, it feels very pointed shot where there's clearly used to be a forest mm-hmm. here, and yeah. you see people chopping down what few trees are left over um, and taking it over, and you assume it's, you know, it's man expanding their uh, dominion over nature. Um, but, you know, even just, you know, the fact that, the, the green knight being is like he's a tree like mm-hmm. he's yeah. basically a tree um, yeah. and literally when he finds him at the end he's literally got branches connecting him and there, which that sequence was great by the way oh, um, so um, but yeah and then um, um, Alicia Vikander gives that like really great monologue that you know essentially says you know like we all in the end we all return to the earth um doesn't mm-hmm. matter what we do in life doesn't matter what things we accomplish or anything ultimately we all eventually become green again yeah. um yeah. and so i think it's it's just uh, again i think it's just one of those ideas that's thrown out there and not necessarily gives any clear answers um but it's just kind mm-hmm. of one of those things that kind of hangs over the movie and um you know i think the green knight himself kind of represents you know how like she said, eventually we're all going to g- g- return to the earth. The, the green knight will come for you someday. Yeah. Well, and I would say that's, that is the part that I think really reminds me of the ghost story of a, of a ghost story. And I don't want to dive too much into that because that movie's not necessarily environmental on the label. There's some ideas there for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that sticks out to me about what you just said is life is going to come and go. Long before we get here and long after we leave. And at the end of the day, all we have is the life that we live. You know, mm-hmm. like even that, the idea, especially when you think about this through the lens of a ghost story, even the idea of legacy is extremely limited. Yeah. When we as humans occupy this earth, if we're super lucky, like crazy lucky, yeah. 100 years. Right. And then the best you have is the generations that come after you. But even with every passing generation, it's less and less and less. Your legacy is even smaller. In many ways, because of what we do to nature, you mm-hmm. know, too, as mm-hmm. well. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's acting, it's vengeance against us, you know, for what we've done to it. But oh, most definitely. With each passing generation, you know. But what have we done to it? <laughs> I mean, well, you, I, spe- you specifically, yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> I, I saw you chop- chopping down a tree the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't chop down that tree. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, Lauren, I think that's, I think that's really spot on. And, and so I, I think whenever I think about the idea that this movie puts forth about legacy and going out in a blaze of glory, you know, even that seems so small, you know, I used the Jimi Hendrix example earlier. Jimi Hendrix is a legendary musician, but you got to think he's only really been around for 80 years, 80 years, right? He died at, I think age 28. Do you think in 500 years they're still going to be listening to him? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's really good. I mean, he's really good. He's really good. But I mean, I guess the idea yeah, of yeah. even even yeah. legacy in the face of nature 
is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really stop it. It's going to get buried. It's going to, the world's yeah. going to move on. And again, I'm, I, I'm sort of have like two, this is the green Knight and a ghost story bopping around my head because I think yeah. both of them are kind of, thematically sort of, linked they're they're exploring that same idea from two very different angles but I, I i really think that's was my takeaway which was dev patel you could just go live a happy life and say screw it i don't i don't need honor from these kings i don't do you really want to be king or you just want to say you're king you know is, yeah. is, is mm-hmm. the idea of being a king really mm-hmm. fulfill you yeah yeah or sure. is it a status symbol that you think if i am going to be a noble man in this world this is what i must do because i need people to remember me as a noble man so i don't know the movie again does not come down this is not in the text per se but this is part of what makes this movie beautiful is i think there's a lot of reading into it you can do yeah. uh and continue to read into it for the m- next many years i will <laughs> Gentlemen, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Green Knight before we close out the show today? Um, props to Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah, in always. That movie. So good, so good. He def- his character definitely reminded me of the uh, the ghost of Christmas Present in the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, uh, a Christmas Carol. Um, yeah, was definitely. it go and be merry, man? Yeah, like come that. and know right. me better, man. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. want to yeah, sleep with my wife? Good. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, like, we've kind of touched on this before, but I think what's so great about this movie and and when movies like it come along is that is that there are so many different ways to think about and talk about this movie. Because, uh, like I said, I've, you know, read a bunch of reviews and, and essays that people have written about this movie since I watched it, and every single one of them had something different to say about the movie, something yeah, different awesome. that they took away from it, which that's I that's just great when a movie can do that. Uh, yeah that you can read it so many different ways and everybody gets something different from it. Uh, so that's just, that's just always exciting for me as a movie watcher to, to for when sure. these things come along. I hope that in 10 years, we're still talking about this movie and I, I, I don't even exaggerate. We did a, a 10 year anniversary special of uh, inception last year, which I know I've mentioned several times on this podcast. And I actually think those, these movies are a lot different. I think that, I think the green Knights even significantly more ambiguous and mm-hmm. pretty much every facet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I the thing I, I always go back, I, keep, I always go back to that movie as one that I, like I thought about it for months. I was talking about it. And 10 years later, you're still saying, man, there's still some meat on the bones when you go back and revisit it. And it's worth, it's worth discussing. And maybe, and the other thing too, is this might be a movie that when we all watch it in 10 years, because of where we're at as individuals, it will mean something different Yeah. versus Black Widow, which will pretty much be the same movie forever. And I'll never <laughs> want to watch it again. Not because it's bad, but because it's forgettable. Right. Yeah. Throwing Black Widow under the bus there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your star rating of that? <laughs> no, 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 that's another podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast. You're right. All right, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun talking the green Knight with you today. Uh, but for listeners who want to continue to hear your thoughts on, on films and, either new films or old films. Uh, I'd love for you to provide them an opportunity to follow you online. So Laurent Chapman, where can listeners keep up with you and your work online? Uh, They can listen to all my random musings on Facebook with under my name, or they can follow me on Instagram at black movie, black magic movie. OKC. Zachary Burns, where can people keep up with you? Uh, If for some reason you guys feel like keeping up with me, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at left eye burns and sir jacob of house burns <laughs> um, of the kingdom of planet thunder productions where can people keep up with you in your work uh yes on twitter you can follow me um at a film by burnsy and on instagram uh it's just my name jacob layton burns 
All right, listeners, of course, you can keep up with me tweeting about all things film, television, video games, all the nonsense at C Masters Talk on Twitter. That is letter C Masters Talk. And uh, you can keep up with all of our thoughtful conversations on film at the Cinematropolis over at thecinematropolis.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Cinematropolis or on Twitter at the Cinematrop. Jacob, Zach, Laron, thank you all for rejoining the Cinematics Comedic today. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Let's go get some burgers. (laughs) (laughs) Burgers on me. (laughs) And listeners, for more thoughtful conversations that excite, inspire, and connect filmmakers and film enthusiasts, especially in the state of Oklahoma, you can subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic via your preferred podcast app. Uh, Those apps include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can go wherever your podcasts are found. Thank you so much for joining us. And quick little PSA. We'll be back next time with a review of James Gunn. We'll be back next time with a review of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And then, once again, because life is crazy and some of us are moving into new homes and trying to resituate and everything, we'll be on break after Suicide Squad until after Labor Day. So hang tight. we got another one coming at you next week. Super excited to get that to you. I think it's going to be a fun movie. It is probably the quote-unquote blockbuster movie I've been looking forward to the most. Um, so it's going to be a fun chat. And then after that, we'll be back to you after a Labor Day with more thoughtful conversations on film. So with that in mind, we'll catch you again next time.